0: it's the same concept it's not just like well i'm gonna you know some speakers might be looking at and say i'm just gonna lowball and put the price low it's not the price that's Mm. you missed the point sales rep Mm. what it comes down to is that what can i do to outbeat, outperform and to Mm. you know get myself in there understand the rules and just knowing the the game
1: hey everyone it's tom abbott here host of the selling in asia podcast and i am excited to have with us today we've got donald kelly and he's the founder and chief Sales evangelist at the Sales Evangelist Consulting Firm. So, Donald, a pleasure to have you here. Hey,
0: Tom, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. I want to, I'm just like jumping and chopping up my bits here, man, because uh, I, I know you came on our podcast and everyone loves you. So, I, I want to re- re- repay the favor, give something back to your community. So, but thank you again for including hey. me.
1: My pleasure. And thank you for paying it forward, Donald. This is great. You know, we can, uh, we can riff off each other. I had a great time on your podcast and I was like, we need to get Donald on the selling in the Asia podcast. So look, let's get <laughs> right out of the blocks, right out of the gates. Let's, do it. Uh, let's talk about mindset because this is an important thing. I think before we start talking about, you know, the aptitude that people need to sell, we need to talk about the attitude. So what are your yes. thoughts on, on sales reps mindset these days and beyond?
0: Dude, it is everything because I'm a, I, I just, if you, um, we think we talked about it on your show, we finished watching Jordan's last dance recently. And one of the things that I saw in, in Michael Jordan's last dance is just the way that he thought his skill set was by far the best, mm. but it wasn't this, his skill set became the best because of the way that he thought. And what I'm interacting with sales reps and I'm seeing them, I find a lot of sales rep now. They've just been like, I felt, I feel like it's kids who have been slapped on the hand one too many times. So now they're afraid to go and ask for anything. And the, the premise now is like, well, I want to go reach out to people. Nobody's going to answer their phone. Nobody's going to do this. And if you believe that, that's so true. It's not going to happen. It's like, I think Henry Ford said it, where if you believe you can, if you believe you can't, then you're right. And right now, I, for instance, I know cer- certain industries are still thriving, still succeeding, still doing pretty darn well. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the, you know, if it's, the, both sales reps were in those industries right now who are doing well, it's not that one sales rep All of a sudden had magic and the other one didn't. The other one just believed that he or she could do it. And then she went out and did it and took action. And I feel that many of us we need to frame the mindset. We cannot go back into the new normal with the old COVID-timid bad mindset. Like that just it's just oxymoron. It doesn't work. Mm. And it will not be conducive to anyone's success at all. So the first thing that a sales rep needs to do is one, believe. I used to always say desire is the most important thing, but believe. Believe is the, your set of attitudes. It's the way that you out your attitude, your outlook on life, your outlook on the world, the, your understanding, your concept. So if you have a belief that you're going to succeed, if you have a belief that you're going to get in touch with prospects, if you have a belief that, you know, people want or need what you have, it's going to, it's going to translate into your action. So you are going to make those phone calls and you are going to use LinkedIn. You're all, are going to send those videos. You are going to be creative. And you more than likely are going to get the opportunities over someone who does not believe or have that mindset. So you have to change the crap in your head. And especially right now in COVID too. We're on this We're on this podcast and we both look pretty decent. One of the things I'm telling. You Taylor, great. What are you talking about? <laughs> you, you, know, you know, I learned from the best. Oh, Thank you, man. Thank <laughs> One of the things that I'm learning. We both though, got our sweaters
1: that- and cardigans on. So we're looking sharp. <laughs> we're looking good. I
0: do, man. <laughs> But one of the things that I've learned is that in in the pandemic environment, what sales reps are doing that's harming them, and you might say, well, Donna, that's no big deal, is that they're getting up in the morning, rolling out of bed, and then they're just putting on their, you know, a T-shirt and then Mm -hmm. making the calls or sending the emails. emails. You got to just think about that for a second. If you understand the way that someone thinks and the way that brain operates in neuroscience, is that you're going to go into this with uh, uh, a sluggish, energy uh depressing mindset. Mm-hmm. I encourage sales reps that they get up each morning, they take a shower, or do their workout, take a shower, listen to a podcast, listen to a mm-hmm. book or something. The same things you would do on a regular day. Your brain doesn't know any different that it's a regular day versus a non-regular day. Your brain is going to then propel you to act based on that belief that you already have. So imagine if a sales rep get up in the morning and she does a quick work workout, does 30 minutes, and then she listens to her podcast, she gets Ooh. pumped up, she has her, her spiritual or mo- whatever thing that she does, and she's you know, spending an hour doing all of this stuff, and she takes a shower, gets a, her breakfast, eats something, and then hits the phones or hits the you know LinkedIn or hits the email or starts working. She's going to operate at a much more confident level mm. than the sluggish mm. sales rep sitting around in his, you know, fruit of looms draws. <laughs> like, there's a huge difference. And that's where I, the power of mindset comes in. The last episode with, the, uh, uh, with uh, Jordan Last Dance is the, the thing that he shared and what everyone shared, the thing that separated MJ from everybody else was the way that he thought. He never focused on missing the shot, even though there's a high chance or potential that he could miss the shot. He said, why would I focus on missing? I focus on making the shot. Don't focus on people not answering, people not replying, people not using LinkedIn, people not buying. Who cares about that? Focus on the ones that are going to happen. There is a percentage, there is a group, and have the belief
1: that they're there. I'm not sure if this is making any sense there. 100%, man, and there's so many things there that you mentioned that we could just like unpack and pull out, which I think is <laughs> awesome. No, for real, right? So to me, it's like, I, one thing that I just noted was you talked about the distinction between belief yeah. and desire. yeah right? And we, we need to have this desire, this hunger, mm-hmm. this like, I want, I want, I want. That's desire. But mm-hmm. then belief, what I'm hearing you say, Donald, belief is a whole other level. It's like, you can want it all you want, but do you believe that you can have it? Yes. Do you believe that you're worth it? Do you believe yes. that you deserve it? Do you believe that you have within you the capability to actually reach for it and achieve your goals? And I think there's yeah. a lot of people out there that are missing desire. That's for sure. They have no mm-hmm. hunger no desire whatsoever. And that's, you know, none of our listeners, thank goodness, but there are people out there that have no No. hunger, no (laughs) desire. But then those that have the hunger and desire, there's another, another level of people that just don't have the belief. Yeah, They think, you know what, you know, being top of the food chain, I'm not destined for that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you. When, when I first got started in business, working in jobs, I had this threshold of what I believed I could earn. Yes. Because I just, I, that's what I always earned. So I remember when I was, man, in my, in my 20s, before I even started my business, I'm in my 20s and I'm working at these, um, you know, head office jobs at, you know, the Future Shop and Le Chateau and General Paint. So I always had yeah. these jobs where I was in inventory control, accounts receivable, accounts payable, credit analyst. And I was always making about 3K a month, always. Yeah. So my mindset was like, yeah, I'm a $36,000 a year guy. That's that's my thing. So I'm gonna apply for jobs within that pay grade. Yes. And it took me forever. When I first started my business, I was like, okay, look, my goal now is can I at least replace that income? Yeah. Then I did that. And then I'm like, wait a minute. And I started seeing some other people out there who quite frankly, I thought I was a little bit better than yep. making and charging a lot more. And I said, hold on now. I think I need to kind of up my belief about what's possible. Yes. And then it's like, you know, it was like gangbusters. You know what I'm saying? It was like a whole other level. So now, you know, you reach a certain level of belief and now you know, it. it's almost like a chicken and egg, you know? You, you yep. have to believe it and then it happens. And then when it happens, you have more belief that more can happen.
0: Yeah, because that belief turns into knowledge, right? Like you, you know now that I am, I am worth at least fifty thousand dollars a year and mm-hmm. then now you have to up the, it's a continual process all right. we all do it so it's and, and some some of us do this we we do have uh, certain um, uh, capabilities to to frame our mindset and I'll give you a fundamental fundamental level when we get out of this which we will I'm going to eventually plan my no, there's so many negatives in that I'm going to plan my trip to the east to you guys <laughs> and right. in that we can do one a of our in
1: person selling an Asia podcast <laughs>
0: Dude, that'll be awesome. All right. We had a des- we have a desire. My wife and I is on our, our list of you know going to Far East. And our son was recently born, so we, we took a back seat on any travel. So that's one of the things that we have. So
1: the in that Dude, though, it's, I it's would gonna happen, all right. It will happen. We're because gonna now it. that you've said it, Donald, okay, now that you've yeah. said it, we got thousands of people that have heard you say it, number one. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. I've heard you say it, and I'm the kind of guy that once you've said it, I'm also going to try to help you make that happen, bro. Boom. I'm going to hold there you. accountable, you go. and We're going to make it work, <laughs> so it's going to happen, and I'm going to come and visit you in Florida. There you go. See? That's how it works. I was works. there a couple years ago for a convention. I love it. I was in, where was I? I was in uh, Orlando.
0: It's about two hours, two hours north of me, so it's, we would have definitely hung out.
1: All right, man, we're going to do this. We're going to, so, so this is what, this is what you're talking about, Donald. Yeah. Is, like, so in in
0: that, in there. that vein, when we're talking about a travel situation or we're planning a trip, we all visualize what we're going to have happen. We're going to, for me, I'll probably go to, if that's the case, I'll probably fly to um, LA and then from LA, take a flight from there and then go to wherever straight we're to Singapore, going. Singapore, man. Park. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where?
1: Singapore. To, that's how you do it.
0: Singapore. You go, go straight to Singapore. There you go.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. But you visualize this because you you plan it out and you visualize it, and then all of a sudden it happens. And I'm going to see myself eating unique foods that I probably never eaten before. And I'm going to see myself going to different sites because I'm going to look it up. And I'm going to see the best places to go in Singapore oh, and the best take places. You around, to go. Man. And and, and, all, and all. so with all of this, I'm going to have this. I I visualize it before it happens. And if that's the case with planning, it's the same idea with selling. It's the same idea because I even though I've never been there, I have the desire first. And the desire propels me to believe. Beliefs propels me to act. And, and I envision it while I'm believing it. And then that envision becomes an action. And then now I know Singapore, right? And it's the same exact belief. It's the same exact thing when it comes towards selling. Same thing when it comes towards running a business. It's the same thing when it comes towards being a great husband or a great wife. You have to visualize it. You have to have the desire. You have to have the belief. And then you, you, that the belief will turn into knowledge. And then you start going. To, you have to keep going. And the moment you stop, those veteran sales reps who realize that you know they're, they hit a glass, they hit a ceiling, they can't go any far, further than that, that's BS. And it's because of the fact that they stopped propelling, they stopped advancing, they stopped believing because now they're comfortable and being comfortable is a very dangerous place.
1: So true. I think that comfort, that complacency, right? So let's, yeah. we'll use a, another couple of C words. So there's there's <laughs> comfort, there's complacency. You know, I also talk about this this confidence, competence, continuum. Mm. Oh my God. How yes. many C's can we put in here, right? But there's mm-hmm. this confidence, competence, continuum, this infinite loop, this spiral that happens, right? So yeah. when you have confidence, you take action and you do things because you got the belief. You, you try yeah. it. But then what happens is when you actually try these things, when you, when you do them, you start getting better at them and you get it. Yeah competent, you get good at things, right? So you've got to have, it's just like when you learn how to ride a bike. If you don't have any confidence that you're not going to kill yourself, you'll never (laughs) get on the bike. Yeah. Well, if you have this confidence and who knows where it first comes from, but if you have this confidence, this belief, this courage, you hop on the bike and you try, then guess what happens? You start trying and you get confident, competent because now you're good at it. Yes. And then as your competence level increases, now you become more confident. You try some more crazy stuff, right? So it's just this infinite loop. So I I love that. I love that, man. So that's very cool. So, look, so we've talked about mindset and belief and the distinction between that and and, and desire. Aside from mindset, what would you say (laughs) is a sales rep's biggest challenge?
0: Right now, or just in general?
1: Let's look at now, but if you can frame now within a broader context, because you and me both know this is just a temporary situation and anything that we need to, you know, some, so anyway, I'll leave it to you, but it's like, what, what's the biggest challenge reps are facing now uh, and possibly in the future?
0: Yeah. So the, I would share from my experience working with sales teams and coaching sales reps, two things. The first one I would say, and I, I know you asked for one, but the first thing that I would share is their inability to be able to get enough people to speak with. Because you've seen it and I've seen it as well, as well especially with if folks who are BDRs or some sales reps work in companies where they're doing the whole gamut, where they're the sales rep, the cook, the bottle washer and taking care of the whole process. Mm. And in even the AEs, who still have to prospect because they get fed by the, you know an internal system with by BDRs but they still have to ge- develop their own uh, business the biggest thing that i share is that they do not put enough in the top of the funnel it's yeah. this con- continual running back to that par- part of the game like they'll work that deal and take it down to the pipeline and hold on to that like the you know the, the only thing in the entire world which i'm not saying you don't give relationship good close relationship and personalized relationship to those that you're working with but you have to set time dedicated time to finding new business. Mm-hmm. And I do not understand why we don't do that often enough. And well, I, I lie, I do understand because it's a challenge. You don't like it, and <laughs> between, you know why. Yes, there you go, it's the discomfort and the challenge and then you have these again you can go back to the belief you have this belief that it's it's going to be difficult what i used to tell myself every single day you can have a mantra you can have confucius you can have buddha you can have god whatever your thing is but i used to send something up every day saying listen i know there's somebody out there who's in need of what i have today give mm-hmm. me that energy or that power or that capability to find them and then that belief or that understanding that now i'm getting some supernatural help encouraged me to be able to go out and to act because it was in my belief system, and it was amazing that when I did that, all of a sudden I saw people or caught got attention got in touch with someone or at the end of the day, I went ahead and I, I spoke to someone who was at the office and you know they, they were leaving at five o'clock but it's it somehow always worked out but i but sales rep they have this fear or this discomfort or this inability to set that time, and the easiest thing you can do is just to time block it I mean we force ourselves in our organization at first, and then it became a desire, because I'm telling you, not everybody really wants to just camp out and, and make phone calls or send out LinkedIn messages or send emails all day. You wanna be able to interact and to talk and to go through that, the meat of the sales process of building strong relationship and value and to guide them down to uh, you know a conversion stage. But you have to, you have to pay the pi- piper, so to speak, and you mm. have to put stuff in the top of the funnel. And I would encourage, and I think that's the biggest dis- disconnect that sales reps have. If you don't have the top of funnel, then nothing else happens at the end. And the second part that I would share in that process is that they do not, or the, the biggest, the second biggest challenge that I'm seeing is that when you do get those individuals, they jump too quick. I ran track and field. And one of the things that I learned in track is that you have to, don't focus necessarily on, uh, on and you need to focus on right now and right here at this part of the race. I envision that I'm going to be at the finish line and win. But right now, I need to give my all. Especially mm. when you do a 400 meter, that is the one the, the most grueling race in track. That and the uh, the 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 two, what was it 400 and um, 800 two most grueling race I feel. And in the 200, in the 100, uh, sorry, in the 400, yeah. you're running pretty much a whole sprint around the the track. I, you're, the, the energy that you dispel, the energy that you give at the very beginning and throughout that race needs to almost always be consistent to right. some degree. but right. at the very very end, you need to give a lot as well. And when it comes towards this in, in the sales process, I feel that sometimes sales reps, they always just want to focus on that trophy at the end. And they skip steps in that process and don't give it their all in the discovery and don't give it their all in that demo and don't give it their all in the getting the right people in the process. So I would say that I believe what we teach in our organization the close starts or happens at the discovery stage. If someone like you t- point me to a good sales rep and I can point out to you he or she if that person is uh, what the probability of that person is going to have a converting that prospect. If they have a strong discovery, if that discovery is weak, it's more than likely going to be a detriment in later on because they skip step, and you cannot skip steps in a process. It's like baking a cake too. You know, you, you might say, "Well, I'm just going to put the butter in when I feel like it." Good luck. Uh, we did that once, and I would never do it again because my cookies turned out to be hockey pucks. <laughs> it wasn't too good. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I, I, I think you're a hundred percent right, Donald. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, you raised a couple of really good points, and you know, the last one that you made about. Uh, where people put their effort and I feel as though a lot and I'll look at any rep and if they're spending a lot of their time negotiating back and forth on on price and whatnot towards the so-called end of the sales process, I feel like they haven't put in the hard yards and they haven't done the work earlier on. They haven't qualified effectively. Their discovery was horrible. They don't know who's making the decision and by when. They don't know anything about budget considerations at all. They just have no clue. They're just like, you know, yep, yes, they're basically order takers, yeah. not sales reps. And that's a, that's a big thing. So yes. so you've talked about kind of not putting in the hard work as being, you know, one of the biggest challenges. What do you think is like, where do sales reps tend to excel? Like where do mm-hmm. they, what, what are they really good at? You know, like let's focus on what are some of the, the strengths or what are the strengths that maybe you look for in sales reps? And what are some of those qualities that uh, leaders should be looking for in sales reps?
0: Oh, great question. One of the things that I feel sellers of all levels have, and they should, and you know, it's, it's a great quality, is their ability to obviously, like, well, the good thing, let me, let me just sort of look at all the way across, because we just talked, pointed out some of the, the challenges, but the good thing I feel that most sales reps have is a stamina. in in the sense that they are willing to do this job in the first place because this job is a grueling job. This job is, is it's one of the most challenging jobs in in any organization and to be able to come in and to do that job. That's the fact that you're here already showing up. That's fantastic. And I commend you for doing it. The second thing that I would share that sales reps are they do really good job at. A lot of them have a great way of communicating with people, at least having a conversation. I think where it comes back to what we're saying the challenge is that they don't know oftentimes what to say and how to articulate those those particular there's particulars about building enough value that they want to get templates they want to get ideas they want to get coach from people like you or folks like me and i think that part is really good for them and the this this excitement of going for the win the greatest sales reps i feel they don't fight for the money they fight for a win they're just super competitive individuals <laughs> and i think that's one of those qualities that makes and i'm not necessarily competitive against other people oftentimes but competitive against them themselves they always want to beat their yesterday so like, I, again, I love my track and field example. Track and field is one of those sports where you are, you you run, you, you beat the clock and that's really yourself, right? If I focus on beating Tom too much, then I'll find myself an issue. Let's say, Tom, ah, your My knees are um, shot, bro. Right. You'll beat me, no problem.
1: <laughs> I got fun. You of <laughs> tennis, man. You've you got this. you got this.
0: <laughs> uh, we're running a race and you're right behind me. If the moment I take my- to take the turnaround to look at you i am becoming less aerodynamic and mm-hmm. i am defeating myself but if i focus straight ahead and focus on the clock and if i focus on the time that yesterday i got 100 you know i got 10.5 let's see if i can get 10.2 today that's what mm-hmm. i need to compete against and i feel that's an, that's one of those areas that can help but the sales reps who are competitive the ultra competitive that want to compete against themselves they're beat there yesterday those are the things ones i look for so belief is my very, very first thing. I find out if what's the sales rep beliefs. I find out what some of the things that they've accomplished, how they've gone about doing that, try to help to decipher that idea. Because if I don't, if somebody can't believe or willing to believe, then I have no, I can't help them. There's absolutely no way you can. If they believe they're doomed to fail, then you're never going to succeed. So I want to find somebody that has a belief, but I also want to find somebody that's also competitive. Competitive against themselves, and also just helped the competition amongst the team. But comp- showed that they've done some things that challenged their 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 norm or challenged their their way of uh, their way of thinking or the way of performance. Um, and usually, sometimes those are athletes, or usually those are artists who you know they feel like they you know they played played music or played guitar and they always wanted to be better at it. But somehow, if I can def- decipher that, um, those are some of the qualities that I would look for, and we can train them on the rest. But you can't come up with that and it's going to be in your detriment.
1: I think uh you know we're in alignment there Donald, you know. <laughs> I can't wait till we find something we disagree on. That'll be that'll be <laughs> even more juicy. But I'll tell you something. At the end of the day I say, you know, you train for aptitude, but you can't train yeah. the attitude. No. It's just the reality, right? I mean, yeah. if you've got someone that's got all these skills, but they don't have this willingness to learn, right? They don't have yeah. this mindset, this growth mindset that they're, they're open to learning something different. I can't work with that person. If someone's yeah. got a bad attitude, if they're lazy, if they're not conscientious, if they're not hardworking, uh, if they cut corners, how do you work with someone like that? You can't train that person. Mm-hmm. But look, man, if you've got someone who is hungry, Uh, They're competitive. They've got drive. They they, want to win, not just to put their competitors down in the ground, but they want to beat yesterday's version of themselves. Yeah. Because that's how I am. I want to crush last week's targets. I want to crush what I did last month. I want to be better now than I was five years ago. And I'm like that on the tennis court too. My knees be damned. (laughs) My knees be damned. I'm just like... (laughs) how do I become a better player in other areas? And how do I maybe make my knees a little bit better? How do I run a little bit less than I had to when I was younger? You got to figure it out. So I think that competitiveness is what, uh, you know, really drives people and and gets people to succeed. So I love what you were, go ahead, Donald, you were about to say something.
0: Yeah, because you prompted another thought, which, you know, I didn't want to go down a rabbit hole too far in the last part of sharing it. But in, in, the same vein, like you're saying there, right? Because of that competitiveness, because people might say, well, that seems like, you know, it's just so basic. But if you're, if you have the belief and you're competitive, you're going to find unique ways. So go back to you and the example, let's say that your knees are shot in tennis, right? It doesn't mean that your career, tennis career technically has to be over. You're going to find a creative way of how you can still enjoy or do something that you love, right? And that might be that you have to, I thought about getting some reconstructive surgery or probably thought about getting, you know, what do whatever you will do, whatever it takes because yeah, you find yeah, creative yeah. ways to come to the, the end. I'll do, I'll,
1: like, I've been doing massage. I've been doing yoga for stretching. Okay. You take your little ice bath and your tiger bomb to kind of warm it up. <laughs> you fit, you figure yeah. some things out. You say, okay, well maybe I'm yeah. not going to play for, you know, three hours today. I'll just play for an hour and a half and then I'll recover yeah. for a day. So I'm strong. I can play in two or three more days. I mean, you got to figure yeah. out your body. You know, you got to figure it out. And you think about that with the with prospecting
0: too, right? If a sales rep is not finding success with one avenue, those sales reps are the ones that are not going to say, "Well, forget this. I can't do this job. I'm just going to sit here and check ESPN or fantasy football." That Mm -hmm. sales rep, he isn't going to say, "Well, I couldn't get through that avenue. I'm competitive. I need to beat yesterday. I need to get two appointments on the board today, and I know that I can do this." Let me see what else I can do. I'm going to read or listen to a podcast. Exactly. And they might send something in the mail. They might go use LinkedIn audio. They might use LinkedIn video. They might do other things because that creativity and that belief is going to propel them to do whatever it takes. That's ethical to get to the end result. And those, again, those are those, why those two reasons are so, so important. Having that belief system, a growth mindset belief. And then having an opportunity, uh, being competitive, because that's going to make you mm. figure it out. It's going to
1: lead to everything else. All the other qualities will come. I feel from that. I love that. You know, I, I love the, the the analogies with sport because it's so important. Yeah. You know, like so for me, me with my knees and tennis, how do I change <laughs> things up instead of you know being a, a you know a, a baseline or chasing everything down from the from the backcourt. I start coming in more and making shorter yeah. points, being more aggressive, putting my opponent under pressure, win or lose, I put them under pressure, but the points are shorter. I can dictate on my terms instead of being run from left, left and right. So you change your strategy a little bit, right? And yeah. I think sales reps need to do that as well. As you said, yes. Doll, if it's not working with one platform or one approach, you change it up. But you've always got to be curious about what do I need to do to kind of get over this hurdle? So more yes. about the sports. I know you and I have both watched, you know, The Last Dance. And that's just yeah. such a great series. Even if you're not a huge basketball fan or a huge MJ fan, if you're just a fan of, of life and challenges <laughs> and competition, uh, it's great. It's just sort of like basketball is the backstory. But it's really about, to me, a, a, a strive for perfection and being the best. And, you know, when does it work and when, when does it not? a lot yeah. of top athletes donald they talk about this desire to win versus you know like loving to win versus hating to lose yeah can you say a little bit what are, what are your thoughts on on that because those are two very different things
2: yes
0: it is i would say loving to win versus hating to lose because i let's start with the the latter the, hmm. the, the ladder right, right one ladder uh, the, the <laughs> Let's form start with the form. losing the, the the losing part okay hating to lose yeah. we hate to lose people who hate to lose is because of one reason maybe one reason or another right you it i uh, with with my career in sports and then eventually i went into the brain stuff i started to want to become an attorney at one point so in high school i went into speech and debate mm-hmm. and that helped me with my performance and speaking but the 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 when you lose when you win and lose then uh, like an, another time it just feels it's, it's the worst thing in the world because you know your potential or where you could have been or where you have performed. And I think that's why they hate to lose so bad, right? If I've done so well over the past, let's say I'm a sales rep, I've done so well over the past three quarters and I've hit my target. And then now the fourth quarter, I am missing my target that will feel, it just it gives me a pain in my pit, in my stomach or my chest and makes my heart, my brain just makes, makes me feel or know that I performed less, um, less than where I was capable of performing. And I think that's one of the biggest disappointments we can have in life is knowing that you have regrets or mm-hmm. knowing that you didn't do your all to get there. But let's say a sales rep did, you know, she did her all and she did everything possible that she could and she still didn't hit her target, it still stings but it's accept- It's it's okay. But it's still not acceptable in the grand scheme. She's going to do all she can next quarter to hit that. Yeah. The win. So yeah. I feel that it's this fear of losing or this hating to lose comes back to that, and also competitive as well. If you have in sports, if you are competing against other teams and a team beats you, like Jordan and uh, you know when you're fighting against the Detroit Pistons Ooh. for you know several years, that was brutal, right? Yeah. But this idea of hating to lose because you know in your mind that you are the best it causes you this you know, this tension. And that tension, however, causes you to want to do whatever you can to win. So that's why I would say start off with that. And that's my thoughts on it. The other side of wanting to win, again, I mean, who does not want to win? Who does not want to hit their target? Who does not want to be able to go to President's Club? Who does not want to give an opportunity, you know, to take care of their family? Who does not want to earn that extra commission? Who doesn't want to win at those things? Who doesn't want to feel that they did their very best and that love to win man it's it again it becomes contagious i can tell you we have a room next door my son took it over now but it was uh, we had a bunch of trophies in there and his closet now has this big box with all Dash trophies and until we move to our next place, we'll have a little, my little shrine the basement or somewhere. But all the trophies, I just started collecting them. And especially in Toastmaster, I became an award-winning speaker with that. And then I spoke at national level and all these things because I became super competitive and addicted to the win that I wanted to get the next thing. And I wanted to do all I could. And I did not want again to be, to relent on my capabilities because I knew where I was. And then the expectation of my wife, expectation of other people around me because they knew that I could perform in that, in that moment and go back to sales again. Same idea when you're on a team at, at times and you need to hit your team quoting, your team is believing in you. They know you're like, you know, Tom is always going to hit that, hit his numbers as well. We can count on Tom to help carry the team as well. It gives you this again, this, 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 I tell, this, I tell this my team, I'm the, Michael, I'm
1: the Michael Jordan of sales, man. I'm MJ. Yeah, I'm the MJ of sales. <laughs> But it gives you
0: this propellant. It gives you this energy and this excitement and this, this, this. I don't know. This endorphins when you win and it becomes addicted, addictive. And I feel that's that. Those are my thoughts on it. And so they they hate to lose because they know they perform less than their capabilities, and they love to win because of the thrill of the fight and the thrill of it. Mm-hmm. And i have coaching a couple of sales reps right now, and that's some of the things that they shared. It's like, yeah, the money is good. You know, I've got the money but it's not the money that i want right now i just like to win i want to land yeah, those yeah, opportunities yeah. i want to do that
1: <laughs> i love that it's everything you know like um, yeah. at the time of recording this you know i'm working on uh, one opportunity right now that would be great really good nice yeah. ni- nice nice payout really great event so i'm putting all guns blazing man i really want this yeah. and i want this for a few reasons i want this not just for the payout but I want this because it would be a great engagement as well. It would be a great, you know, tick of the box, you know, yes, we got that I'm the speaker for this event. That would be great. But I'm also, I want to beat out the other people who are up. I'm up against. Yeah. I want to beat them. I want to win. So it's like it's this wanting to win and not wanting to lose out to someone too. You know what I'm saying? And and I think and I don't know which way I think it's a it's a they work well together and, and you need, do. you need that that motivation that I want this, I wanna win, I wanna to prove to myself that I'm worth it. But how do you how do you prove how do you know that you're the best? It's not just about winning, it's about beating. <laughs> it's beating yes. yourself. It's beating your expectations of what you thought was possible. It's about stepping into a new level and a new role that maybe you've never ventured there before. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to raise my game. So yep. there's that. There's beating your perception of who you think you are. There's beating who you used to be, <laughs> right? So every yeah. day I'm trying to beat who I was. I'm beating the old me every day. And then there's, you know, the the people that you're up against as well. And you don't want to lose to them. You want to beat them. So I think all of these forces play really nicely together. You know, you look at Michael Jordan and it's like, and all the top guys, Roger Federer. I mean, I'm a huge tennis fan. So Federer and Nadal, man, these guys, they don't just want to win the titles. They want to win the titles beating the best. Yeah. (laughs) They want to beat the best. And I want to beat the best at their best yes i don't want to yes. win this from a walkover like man you came up limp you had an injury if you're in Bach, i want to knock you out i want <laughs> you at your prime at your peak you know like i am to knock wanted, out mike tyson prime. probably wanted tyson <laughs> in his peak you know what i mean yeah and you know you're 100 right
0: with that and i think there's a this is where it goes back to the idea of wit whatever it takes right the and I and I and I've come to understand this in, in my realm because when it comes to wit, whatever it takes, doing whatever it takes, I think it takes a sales rep to a whole nother level because she or he will they will they will put the work in. So let me give you an example. If I'm trying to land a large deal and I lose that deal, then the next time I go up to fight against a company or in a competition that's going after that deal, I'm gonna study them out. A good sales rep. She's going to study out her competition. She's going to understand. She's going to ask those tough questions of the, you know, the her champion and decision makers. You know, why if you if you guys love this company so much that you currently have and you're bringing us in to, as you know, to fight against the contender what's what's in, it, what's in it for me? Like, is this company a sacred cow? Why would you even leave them? You know, they, they're willing to go a little bit deeper. They're willing to understand the research, willing to know the numbers. The other thing that this company would, you know, the sales rep would be willing to do is to understand, you know, their strength over them and to go back to the tennis example or to the sports example or to the speaking example. You're going to find the, and I've gone for those speaking opportunities before and didn't get them. But then I came and I learned how to play the game. I understood the rules and some of the rules required you to I mean when it's said and done know some know someone that you don't know. So building that relationship and building the understanding. I've learned to volunteer or to give my time in some other avenues and to be you know entrenched in organization. There's one speaking event that we're entrenched in right now and I've been there as a com- you know, speaking every year or participating for the past five years because I learned how to get into that organization. And I did that research. So there's other people who are trying to come in and they're trying to compete, but they don't understand how I entrench myself in that organization. And that... that makes it, you know, super strong to get it to fight against. And I, this is the same concept. It's not just like, well, I'm going to, you know, some speakers might be looking at it and say, I'm just going to low ball and put the price low. It's not the price that's, mm. you missed the point sales rep. Mm. What it comes down to is that what can I do to outbeat, outperform and mm. to, you know, get myself in there, understand the rules and just knowing the, the game. And I'm a big strategy person. We, my friends and I, we have these card games that we play and we're all over the country. And we have an Excel doc to keep track of our scores, and we're super. It's like a fantasy football these card games because we are so so darn competitive against each other, and we're very close friends. And we find out new strategies, and and I think that helps me with business and also with life, and with sales. How can I understand the rules enough, and then use my creativity and to do whatever it takes to be able to win? And um, yeah, and that's what it it, it is that's what i i feel from from that idea
1: with uh, sales reps that who who always win and who want, always want to be on top love that man that's so yep. great all right so why don't we um i just love i love that we've really focused around kind of like mindset and and attitude you know like this this is so important and i and i didn't know we were going to go down this road but it, it's really because yeah. this this is what is going to set people apart and i do believe yeah. that if you've got two equally skilled and two equally well-trained reps, the one with that positive attitude, that mindset, that belief that they can win and that hunger that they want to win uh, is going to overcome challenges like every single time they're going to rebound better. You know, I love what you said about, you know, kind of being curious and asking questions. That's a big thing uh, with me and my team. If they, if we lose a deal, I want to know why we lost it. So we're going to ask that prospect, you know, Hey, you know, why did you choose them over us? You know, so we actually have a, an email that we send to them either by email or over the phone or LinkedIn. And we ask them like four different questions about how they ended up making that decision. What was yeah. the, the criteria with which they made that decision? Have they worked with those people before? You know, now these are all kind of questions that we need to be asking beforehand to preempt this. But in the in the absence of that, we have this kind of, you know, these questions we ask afterwards to really try to figure out because you got to learn from these mistakes. Right. Oh, Yeah. I think that's one thing that separates great reps as well is this willingness to, to learn. They rebound, they learn, and they, they build on these losses. I don't see anything yeah. that we lose. If you haven't learned from something, you've actually lost. But it should be like you either win or you learn.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to make that same mistake again. And I mm. think it's for the, the ones, like I said, the ones who are ultra competitive, they do what they can to, not to make that same mistake again. Go back to, we keep going back to this, but it's just very, it's very descriptive and very visual. When Jordan got beat up by the Pistons mm. that year, he was like, you know, my finesse alone is not going to help. So he went I back and tried to build a team. Yeah, then he was like, you know, I need to bulk up. So he worked out in the gym, he ate and he got bigger. He got the, you know, the, the, the help that he needed to be able to physically go back and fight. Yeah. And I think sometimes yeah. our pride hinders us from being willing to get those tough to get the reality if i am if my organization doesn't stand up to the par on something please tell me what that is but if i go and i put my head in the sand towards that and live in the you know say our customer service stinks if that's the case and i put my head in the sand towards it and do not change that then i'm not improving but if it does and my come you know my the competitor the client says this is the reason why we made that decision then I need to know customer service needs an overhaul or it needs a it needs to be fixed in some way. And some of you may not have the capability of making that decision, but you can bring that to the top. And especially if you're a performer and you know your company, if, if your customers are saying that your company knows it, but for some reason they're not acting on it, but mm-hmm. somebody needs to raise a ruckus and to make that happen. And you have to be, you just have to be humble and be willing to say, I, 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 I was wrong or I made a mistake. What did I do? Let me fix that. And uh, if you, if you can't do that, if you can't go with the Stephen Covey mindset of seeking first to understand and to be understood, then you're screwed, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be, be open, mm-hmm. be willing.
1: Yeah. So I guess, you know, just a couple more things before we wrap up, because yeah. this has been really valuable. And I think any <laughs> rep who's listening to this podcast episode right now is going to be feeling inspired, motivated. They're going to give themselves a gut check you know, where they, what they need to be doing and, you know, to bring back to, to Jordan, because I think sport really matters. I mean, this, this yes. sales is, is, is a sport is one of the things that I really loved about him was he not only raised his own level. Yes. He challenged himself to be the very best he could be. He dragged his team kicking and screaming <laughs> to be the best that they could be. And I liked Steve Curry even said, look, Jordan pulled us up to this level. We, we knew we could never be at his level, but we darn well raised our level. And Steve Kerr said he he became the best player he could possibly be. You know what I'm saying? So I think for anybody out there in sales, it's like, are you the best sales rep you can possibly be? Have you done everything possible you need to do? To, to reach the highest level within the abilities that you have? Have you maxed out on your abilities? And for most people out there, the answer is no. And I think everyone listening right now has got to kind of do a gut check and ask themselves, mm-hmm. am, am, I, am I doing enough, right? So let, yeah. me, let, me, let me ask you, what, um, what do you think every sales rep listening right now what should they be doing? What the, should they be investing in? What should be their focus uh, now and for the next, you know, three to six months?
2: Mm.
0: I would say the what a sales rep should be doing right now. There's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. The first one is. That sales rep need to be willing to look at the area. So uh, Again, I have all these. I get all these points that, that come. <laughs> but the first one that I would say is look at the areas. We'll go back to the last comment that we made. Look at the areas that you're weak at. And that needs to be, be again, open dialogue that maybe you sit down with your manager and your one-on-one or sitting down with some of your teammates or sitting down with some of your clients and asking those tough questions. Where do you feel that, not my company, but where do you feel that I could improve? Mm-hmm. What do you feel that I could do better at? asking mm-hmm. your spouse or asking a, a best friend, what, what do you feel I can be better at? And being willing to change. And then number two is also looking for where the puck is going to be. And one of the ways that you can look for where the puck is going to be, which I know you already talk about and you're a big proponent of and you're a big believer in is taking advantage of social, taking advantage of using LinkedIn effectively, taking mm-hmm. advantage of, I am also a big proponent of this and I'm pushing it and I'm going to tell you, and you're going to be awkward and maybe you're, it's difficult for you and you, it, but it's to use video. It's to Mm. use video, it's to use video, it's to use video. And the reason why I say you gotta you gotta be you have to be flexible and recognize that you don't necessarily know everything and the way that you've done things are going to evolve. Think about this. People are locked up in their, hu- in their houses with, uh, with this pandemic or they're staying behind whenever you're listening to this podcast. But there's something that happens when individuals able to see another human being. There's a humanity level that you know, rises. It's in our nature from caveman days where we, we like to connect with other people who are like us or who, you know, and we recognize people in our industries or just to connect with other human beings in the first place. So imagine if you were able to send a video, a personalized video, and Joe was to send a text email to a prospect and that you, put, you know, personalize it towards that individual. You put out their name. You talk about something great that they're doing in Mm -hmm. their company that you saw, and then you share a challenge that you recognize, a problem that they have within an organization, a solution that you have an opportunity to solve. Who do you think is gonna more than likely get through? It's a sales rep who is different, a sales rep who's creative. That sales rep, she also may send something, a voicemail on LinkedIn, I have to connect them with this particular prospect. And those things are different, but they're also brings a personal level. And then your individual, somebody is able to recognize, use more of their senses. When you use one part of, when you send a text email, is one sense that's being used, and that's your, your site really, but when you send a video, you're also sending, There, are, someone has to use their sense of singing, their sense of listening, and then also they also have to comprehend your facial expressions. And those things help us to connect with an individual on a different level. So going back to the comment again, and to the question and to the my my answer to that, one is being able to recognize your own limitings, your, your, your places where you're stuck or places where your friends and family see that you're a challenge and that may be your inability to be flexible. And then two, going to where the puck is and one of the places where the puck is going because people are becoming so much more, they, they create this human connection is utilizing video, using like audio and social. And you, also, you can also see what a puck is going to be when you have platforms like LinkedIn on their app creating those, mes- those measures with video and audio. I mean, when you have tools like BombBomb and you have tools like Vidyard popping up left and right, when you have people like you who are doing videos also so, 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 so much and seeing success with it, it should tell you something that there's this is where the puck is going to go so being willing to do that being willing to invest your time in 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 social and being willing to invest your time in video i think those are the places i would recommend sales reps to go when i say puck for those who are unfamiliar as a canadian you probably recognize that as you know hockey of it's wayne
1: gretzky's famous quote man i don't skate to where the puck is i skate to where the puck is going
0: Amen. If it's in, in folks in, in Far East, maybe it's football, right? In soccer, you, you, you're not going to go right where the traffic is. Go get open and go where you, know, the, the, you can get that pass. Where, where's this ball going to go? And Dennis Rodman too, he always said that. It was funny watching him, but they have some memes about him though. But I didn't realize the science that he followed in his performance and how, like you said, Jordan raised everyone to their level. Dennis understood when a ball hit certain part of the rim, where it was going
1: to go. Right. And that's why he was the king of rebounds. You could beat him. amazing amazing that is great advice donald i think that's awesome i love i love everything that you shared here with us today this is great uh where can people get a hold of you where can they reach you
0: yeah great question the best place you can find me is to go to linkedin go to linkedin and search for donald c kelly Um, you'll find me there i'm also on every platform in that same handle donald c kelly and then you, if you want to go to our website and check out our podcast as well, you can go to salesevangelist.com and we have, uh, for those who are in small business, we have a guide called the Small Business Transformation Guide. You can check that out and you'll get you'll, you'll get a sense of my belief and and why I, I, I operate this way and how I operate. So if you're a business owner or you're a sales rep, you can check that out there as well. The Small Business Transformation Guide at salesevangelist.com
1: Hey, Donald, I love it, man. I feel like we're kindred spirits. This has been yeah. really great. We are. We are. We are. We can do this. We can do this for hours, but uh, I think we'll we'll wrap it up here. Thank you so much. We're going to put all of your contact details in the show notes. Uh, so thanks again for joining us, and thanks to all of you listeners for spending your time on the Selling in Asia podcast. Take care, everyone. Bye bye.